High up in the atmosphere, a bolt of plasma flashes, striking the crystalline lattice of the dome covering the vast, multi-tiered city of Kanaklu. Seconds later, a peal of thunder shakes the ground beneath the boots of a cloaked figure as he runs through the darkened hallways of a palace. In the distance, there are cries of alarm and shouts of, Rally the guard! The princex is in Sir Chambers. She can't have gone far. The cloaked figure takes a moment to pause and peer around an open corner past rows of columns to ensure Z is unnoticed. Z raises a hand the color and density of rose quartz on the hewn basalt column, and the hood slides back to reveal the taut, frightened face of a shimrin. There's a muffled cry from a bundle carried close to Zer chest, and Z gently rocks it, whispering, Hush now, or they'll hear us, my gem. Z looks up at the open expanse on the other side of the crossed hallway and lets out a sigh of relief before Z begins moving again. The ground groans with the rumble of shifting tectonics buckling under the strain of eons of pain, and Persephone stumbles before rapidly writings herself. I've found the... These heading for the docks, comes the distant shout of a shimmering guard right before their heavy footfalls echo down the hallway. Persephone moves rapidly to the end of the dock, whereas their storm sailor floats moored between the guiding paths that connect the seven cities of Shimrinsara. Long legs shifting, Persephone pushes herself off the dock and leaps aboard the ship, stumbling as he lands, reaching out their empty hand to stabilize on the ship's hatch before pulling it open and moving to the bridge. Z gently lays the bundled form in the co-pilot's chair and sits in the pilot seat and removes their hood before Z fully starts the ignition sequence to sail beyond the dome. The child wails, a sound like chiming bells, and Persephone begins singing a shimmering lullaby. A heavy thud from the ship's railing shakes the ship, and Persephone glances over Zer's shoulder with fear as Z utters a quiet prayer and presses the ignition button, launching the ship and sending the guard on the ship's rail tumbling off with a cry. The ship follows the guide rails, sailing over the city below, buildings made of quartz, obsidian, and all manner of worked stone. Massive structures dot the city, huge columns hold up gabled roofs, beneath which are various depictions of shimmering deities forever performing legendary deeds. The storm sailor approaches the edge of the dome, where two towering statues stand, appearing to hold the dome up with one hand, while crossing spear-like lances protruding from the forearm of their other hand. Persephone enters a code into the ship's computer, and a set of four nanofiber cloths appear in front of their vehicle to collect the storm energies and pulls her through the skyline. As the ship experiences a sudden burst of speed, a voice comes over the ship's calm. Persephone, desist this foolishness at once. Oh, yes. Hello, mother. My desire for a life beyond what you want is foolishness. Persephone retorts angrily. We all have our roles to play, darling. Yours was mapped out long before you were born. And it is not fair to your people to flee and take the Artemisian with you. The voice is dry and stern, carrying the weight of years of authority. My child is not what you think they are, and I refuse to let you use them as a pawn in your political machine. They will have a life away from here and outside your reach... And what of you, my child? Leaving behind everything you know, your friends, your wife. Shada will be devastated to hear you've left when she returns from Aspire. The mother's voice contains a note of sadness and a twinge of pleading, and Persephone jerks her head as if stung. When Z responds, Zer words are quiet and filled with pain. The shimmer of a thousand lights prickle beneath Zer skin, dripping down Zer form. Would you use my beloved against me, mother? 
she would be proud of me for doing what I must, even if... Z pauses, the words caught in her throat. Even if... Persephone gives a cry of anguish and slams their fist on the ship's control panel as a crack of thunder peals overhead and a bolt of lightning strikes the storm sails, powering the ship's engines and offering a temporary burst of speed. Even if I never see her again... The words are hollow and empty, and Persephone closes the comm line without waiting for a response. In the distance, a ship sits on the surface of Shimransara, below an overhang to protect it from the elemental storms that rage overhead. Persephone retrieves a backpack and a length of cloth, which Z wraps around her chest before placing the bundled babe in the cloth, carried close enough so they can listen to her heart. Rest, little Lapis. The storm will pass soon. With the last look at the bridge, Persephone lets out a long breath before opening the hatch to whipping winds and jumps from the speeding ship, using jump jets installed in her boots to ensure Z clears the guide rails, and again just before Z hits the ground to stabilize and land safely. The run is perilous, as Z must avoid being out in the open between jutting crags of rock to not draw the lightning to herself, and more than once, Z must shelter from the shower of rock and stone blown apart by a too-close lightning strike. But soon Z is at the hatch of a starship and pounding furiously. Let me in. I have come as agreed upon. Zer voice is almost drowned out by the storm, but in seconds the hatch opens to reveal an amethyst shimmerian who gives Zer a warm smile. Bye, Phorasma. I'm glad you made it, Princex. We were almost about to leave. The storm is worsening, and we need to leave now, before we are unable to. Faye reach out a hand to help Persephone aboard, which Z gladly takes. <sighs> Thank you, Sotiris. And call me Persephone. I can never come back here. Sotiris nods. Then you are like me, Caceres, fallen off from the pillar of our people. There is nowhere that you can go that they will not find you. Are you certain this is what you want? We could take the babe and hide them. Persephone shakes her head sadly. No, I will not leave them. Giving a last anguished look at the crumbling stone landscape as the hatch closes and Sotiris calls out orders to depart. Z looks down lovingly at the bundled babe with a smile. All for you, my little Saren. Last episode, you discovered that the crew of the Wintermorn made off with the cargo you had hoped to carry to Vesk to, and you struck a bargain with uh, Riche to secure a different cargo that you could then potentially beat them out there and make the delivery yourselves. In order to secure those necrographs, you had to go meet up with a... a an innocent scientist, just your average <laughs> basic doctor, uh, Rygan Vool in his laboratory slash necrograft hub slash cult sanctuary. Love that guy. Oh, yeah. Um, he's really lovable. He's just a lovable kook. <laughs> Y'all had a really good time with him. Really fun conversation. 
uh, whereupon in exchange for the 50 tons of necrographs that you're hoping to take out to Vesk 2, Rolora decided, eh, what the hey? Why not get an experimental necrograft just to see what it does? So that's where we left Rolora floating in their natural state in the recovery tank after undergoing surgery to get this necrograft installed. What Remind us what your natural state looks like, because I love the description and it makes me so happy. So Rolora's uh, natural, natural form is this multi-appendaged uh, pink gooey monster uh, thing, which is neat. It, oh, it almost reminds me of a brain without all the all the wrinkles um, and having kind of uh, like cephalopod tentacles. Nice. It's just like a giant space starfish. Yeah. Little, little space starfish. With eyes for elbows. With, with eyes yeah. for elbows. One cannot forget that part. It's very important. So that's where Miss Fanny uh, slash Relora slash Esque slash so many other people <laughs> currently is recovering from their surgery. Friday, I believe you were hanging out on the Void Jammer, uh, conducting a little research slash overseeing your three goblin crew members to make sure that they didn't explode your brand new ship in their effort to install the signal booster. Supervising slash watch some on onboard entertainment. Yeah, a little bit at comp hey, a little bit of comp <laughs> little, Absolutely. Uh why not both? And Ballad and Saren went out to dinner and had a really nice, normal, not totally emotionally fraught conversation <laughs> about the weather and other such casual items, and then uh, went home with no further incident. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ballad Except is presently that's not visiting Relora. <laughs> right, that is not quite true. <laughs> that's that's not quite true. Ballad and Saren actually each unburdened their souls and shared pieces of their very painful histories uh, at this little shimmering cafe that Ballad knew of. And on their and on their way out, uh, Saren was called Emprix Desit by the Shimmering Hostess before being ushered out the door. And uh, that's that's where that's where we are now. We're all caught up. Good job, Yay. gang. Huzzah. Huzzah. You, Huzzah. You have another day and a half or so, I think, aboard Absalom Station uh, while the signal booster is fini- finishes being installed and while uh, Rygan Vool procures the rest of your necrographs what y'all want to do ballad i think you said you were going to go visit miss fanny yeah she's she's just going to check on relora and make sure they're doing good you know okay. <laughs> nothing too complicated about that unless there is yeah you uh head back to rygan Bull's cult hideaway slash laboratory admitted much the same way when you announce that you're here to visit a patient you get you're able to kind of walk into that waiting room that's right off of the hall and see this uh, adorable slash very large starfish floating floating in the tank. Oh, I'm just you know I'm just there relieved to see she's she's doing good. She's all right after the surgery. I just had to make absolutely certain, you know. <laughs> you probably timed it where they're getting released, or at least moving from the tank to just kind of acclimating back outside of the tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple of couple of undead nurses are like helping you out. 
plopping, <laughs> scoop, scooping it up with a, with the aquarium fish net. Yeah, they're scooping <laughs> you out, scooping you out with the net. <laughs> I'm picturing as Relora is getting, you know, uh, transferred. They're they're plopping in, and as the you know the liquids falling off of them, and the you know they're drying off that the limbs start contracting again and um, they're slowly taking on it. It looks like they're stopping halfway. You could see it like a, a couple of extra appendages growing out, almost like it's kind of taking a, a squat Miss Fanny shape, but Ooh. then elongates to kind of almost the reptilian outline of, of, of Vic's uh, forming and then tapers off again until uh, the shape forms into the the Lashunta, you know, Relora Lashunta form that you've seen the Eva Eva Mendez form, <laughs> and it, it solidifies and it 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 holds as far as that's a, the the shape that settles, and her eyes kind of flutter open and then do the kind of like close thing, and her head moves around to kind of take in her. Her surroundings, and when she sees you, Ballad, uh, she you know she raises like a, kind of one of those like an, an arm out, it's like, oh, Helene, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting you. Um, I'm fine. Oh. I'm just I need to rest my eyes. And yes, I know the majority of those proxy shares were not legitimate, but we could keep that between you and you and me. We're fine. I'm just gonna. Just tired. Let me just, uh, just look it on Juno for me, Ellie. And then she just like, head rolls over, and just <laughs> she goes back just to, <sighs> knock knocks out again. <laughs> Ballad's doing the lady doing math face, and then just goes, <laughs> okay, I'll log that away. <laughs> <laughs> the necrotic nurse is, you know, gonna go ahead and give you some aftercare instructions. She'll likely be fine in half an hour. She just needs to finish waking up. <laughs> okay, good. Good. But it's good, a fast-acting whatever drug it is. <laughs> 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 Nobody tells me anything. <laughs> I'm just I'm just in the cult. It's proprietary. <laughs> you don't get to know. And neither do I. Get out. Proprietarium. Proprietarium. Like a, an obtainium from fucking Avatar. God. Proprietary. Proprietal. <laughs> That's the new acne. Instead of acne, everything, everything's proprietarium or proprietal. Like the same brand. All acme. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. So do you help Relora out of there and back to the boy jammer? Most definitely. You know, I make sure she's all dressed and like doing good, maybe more awake. I don't want to. <laughs> How do you dress a starfish? Well, she's, she's, a in, she's in her form. Yeah, she's in her lotion <laughs> form. She's probably already in like a, a hospital gown. I'm imagining the starfish in the hospital gown at first too, which is <laughs> oh, so yeah, funny. That'd be a really tight fit. 
<laughs> it's extra big. They like sewed a bunch of them together. <laughs> or a very oh. loose fit for Relora. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, all they have is their 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 vest outfit. So once they're once they're a little bit more, you know, cogent, actually aware, they're like, oh, ballad. Oh, oh my. Oh, that thing is. I feel that right. Oh, that's just gonna. I'm gonna notice that in a while. I wonder if they'll they'll start shifting again since they have to switch over to their vest form for their clothes. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, oh, that's standing out. Oh, it'll. It, well, it it move. Okay. Well, I can move it. Oh, that's integrated. Okay. And they're just like focusing inward. Well. It looks like I could move it around. Okay, that's gonna. Oh, that's gonna get something taken used to. Okay. Oh, you. Dense. I've never, I've never asked you about that. You like can feel all. So when you like shift forms, you can like feel all of your you, all of your everything. Like you're hyper oh, yes. aware all the time. Oh yes, I. You know, some people say I haven't. You know, I haven't really run into any other Astrozoan. I do have a lot of questions other than the the research I'm able to do, but call me crazy, but I can feel the cells. I can move them around. I, I, I change density of the bone, move things around. My, I'm very spongy. It is the best way to... Do you remember that delicious cake I made a few weeks back? It had similar mm-hmm. consistency. And see, uh, just gonna move. They're like with their hands, like <laughs> they have like the sponge cake. Um, <laughs> you can just move. I'm very, I'm very spongy. Ballad. Ballad is like looks so. I don't. Know, she's getting the sparkly eyes. Like she's so fascinated by all of this, you know. And she even says, "In you know, that's a good point. Like in all my years, you're the only Astrozoan I've ever met." Or at least I, that I know of, I guess. Maybe they just didn't reveal themselves to me. I, I, and that's another thing. I I know growing up, uh, I used my abilities to the benefit of my family. Uh, for good or for ill. But who knows? It could be I walk past another member of my kind every day. That there, I, I have no way of, of knowing I could hold this form indefinitely, even unconscious. I can rest, rest easily uh, once I've positioned everything where I feel like it needs to be. Like this uh, graph that keeps settling to the left, which is, I'm not used to things moving when I don't want them to move. Ballad like chuckles, but she has a pensive look on her face and she kind of touches Relora's shoulder and says, was that? Why your family took you in to use you? I think it was a good... Well, when I was young, uh, my sister and I, we we interviewed uh, individuals at the, the orphanage. So we picked them up just as, as well as they picked us up. But I'm, I'm sure it had... had uh, it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt. Uh, I was... Uh, I... Taking a Lashunta as my, I guess, a default form, it's just something I was comfortable. I'm still comfortable for it, and it, I relax into it very easily. 
<laughs> when they uh, they adopted adopted us, but uh, they definitely did make a lot of use of my abilities, and I developed those skill sets growing up. Um, as you know, I, I wasn't keen on, on using it to. Well, they're looking around for the last job that we were on. Um, Are you still you're still in Rygan Pools <laughs> waiting room? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're. Wa- I feel like we're walking and talking, probably walking back to the ship. Still paranoia. Yeah, we're we're in, on a place. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think I would ever there'd ever be a need for me to do that again, and uh, I'd be lying if I didn't say it wasn't easy, at least physically, but. I, I've done a whole lot worse with other forms and, oh goodness, uh, fraud, <laughs> uh, just to, to name the least, but all, uh, so, a lot for profit, un- unfortunately, a lot for just out of, you know what, why sugarcoat it, dear? A lot out of spite and meanness. There was really no reason for me to do it other than just not being a good person um, but all Aww. we can do is move forward one pod at a time I s- suppose mm. hey, but yes uh, I, I believe that was a selling point for, for, for my parents well you know using powers to do bad things you know <laughs> you and me <laughs> both bud <laughs> I think uh, amongst all of us we understand that about each other best, but um, as you said, you know what? You're the one who taught me. All we can do is keep moving forward and learn from what we did. God, now I'm sounding like an after-school special. Ugh. Well, to change the subject, can you feel the circuitry? Your I, I remember reading you have nanite, some sort of micro machinery that assists your biology. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. It's actually pretty cool. Like my circuitry, I definitely, sometimes when it, you know, I get a little bit of a flare, I sort of feel it hum. That's my favorite version of feeling my circuitry. Sometimes when things go haywire, it's painful, <laughs> like getting hit with lightning and, you know, stuff like that. And and when I'm healing, yeah, I guess I do. I never really thought about it because it's so, it just feels so second nature. I'm much like you, for you, it's second nature to be spongy (laughs) Um, it's second nature for me to feel like grains of sand being stitched back together does that make any sense kind of like the nanites are coming in and I can just feel them pushing all my cells back together (laughs) oh absolutely Relora will probably take you as you folks are talking the long way around to basically take you past the orphanage where Aww. where they were from and on the Absalom station. I think Ballad is telling Miss Fanny how different her family situation is. Because, you know, Ballad was taken in by someone who ended up loving and caring about her a lot and really taking care. And, like, she's still very close with him and his partner. So she feels like it made... That's part of what made her so sad about hearing that Miss Fanny was kind of like a tool for her family. So she hopes that with the rest of the crew, she can... Um, She's just like letting her know that she wants to be her family now. And she hopes that they can become like family. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, so that just warms, warms your heart. The four of you have just been having like so many like bear your soul hearts. Yeah. Heart. Yeah. <laughs> since you, I wasn't even. Since you stole this ship yeah, and I, I love it. <laughs> I wasn't even expecting this one. I'm glad, you know, Angel, um, kudos to you for taking it that direction. Because I was mm-hmm. like, 
I was not even planning a full scene. I was just like going to leave Saren and Friday so they could have... Because, you know, Friday wanted to surprise Saren with the cards. And then I thought maybe they could have a heart to heart again. So this, but this turned out good. (laughs) This turned out so good. I love this. So I think that we're going, we're going to leave it there um, Mm -hmm. with Ballad and Relora taking the slow way back to the ship. You have plenty of time while everything sort of comes together. And Saren, Ballad took off after lunch to go check on Relora. What did, what did Saren do? So Saren went back to the ship and saw saw that Friday and the goblins were hard at work and Friday had given her the business cards and now she's kind of at a loss for words. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you like <laughs> Friday sitting there was not expecting the hug. I I think kind of shocked him. Uh, uh but you definitely deserve them. Thank you Friday. I I am proud to call myself chief engineer of the Void Jammer. And, you know, I know we've been through some tough times recently, but, and this is, honestly, this is just so much. Thank you. Um, we need to get you some that say captain, but you know you're already the captain, so. Yeah, well, I, I have my Edge Corp ones, but I guess those ones don't really, uh, really fit anymore. <laughs> but yeah, yeah probably get, I'll probably get some at some point. Do we get business cards? No. Well, that doesn't seem fair. <laughs> Saren puts a hand up to your mouth to pretend whisper. Says, don't worry, I will make you some. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for all your hard work. Do you mind if I check out to see how everything turned out? Why, do you think we messed it up? No, yes. um, didn't. It's fine. <laughs> no, I don't think you messed it up. I, I just, you know, I like to double check everything because I think we're you know, near enough to, to, to heading out, but maybe, maybe I, I want some, you know, alone time in the engine room. This is quite kind of my, 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 my space. Hey, hey. She's the chief engineer. She deserves to expect the job. Thank you, Rattlesnarp. I, I do in fact need to inspect the job. Hey, don't worry. About I'm not used to being chief of anything. Yeah, so the three goblins will uh, head down to the quarters that they selected for themselves, leaving you two to a private conversation. Does Friday stick around? Or Yeah, Friday's going to do one final check-in and go, you know, you need help here, Saren? Uh, no, I'm good. Thank- um, do you think we'll be leaving today or tomorrow? Well, I think we need to see how Fane is doing, but if Fane is doing fine, then I say we... We got a couple days before we got we can take off, but but uh, I think there's no reason why we can't just let that time pass by quickly. And the just galactic mistress can fast forward that time period if yes. everyone's <laughs> concluded their their AS business. I forgot that uh, Relora was recovering from. Uh, it's been there's there's just a lot on my mind right now. You want to talk about it, buddy? Um. Okay, so I I just. I had lunch with Ballad at uh, a shimmering restaurant, which, um, I mean, you've known me a long time, uh, but I never ate at a shimmering restaurant before. I've only ever, the only other shimmering I ever interacted with was my mother, Persephone, and I, I don't know, I just, they said something to me when, uh, when we left the restaurant that has had my brain a little bit whacked out. They said... They said, you honor us with your presence, Emperix Desert, and I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either, but uh, 
let's just type that into the search here and see what happens. <laughs> oh, n- uh, no, no, I can't. Uh, Persephone, Persephone said never to look up Shimransara. Well, yeah, but wasn't this, wasn't your mom not necessarily the best? I mean, Z dids are best. Um, but I mean, I don't, I don't know. I guess I'm old enough that I can make my own decisions and don't just have to listen to the things that Z said when I was young. Well, yeah. Why don't you? Uh, why don't Why don't we set this up so it's a? Uh, un- I'm sure you know how to make it like a non-traceable search. We could just kind of look like it came from like another planet or something, right? Oh, you. I suppose actually, we don't even need to access the net. Relora bought me a library card, which not for a library, but specifically a, a data chip that connects to my data pad. And has a, you know, whole encyclopedia in it. So I suppose, uh, Freddy, would you, would you do, would you do me this honor and search on the, the, the library? And Saren hands the, hands the data pad. Freddy jokingly goes, I do. And, uh, types in the, <laughs> grabs the, takes the pad and searches. Uh, what are you, what are you searching for? Give me some search terms. What are, what are you looking for specifically? Imprex Dex. Make me, uh, make me a computer check. You want me to make a computer's check? You may make either a computer's or a culture check. Which Friday has neither. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just going to roll d20 then and see what happens. It's a plus four with the library chip. Uh, that is a 21. Ooh. A 21. I'm going to say that the information, like Shimransara is not an especially central planet. It's actually kind of rare enough to see Shimreen off-world, but on a 21, you are able to just locate some just basic information about the planet, and when you type Emprix Desit into the search engine, you're able to find that, you know, the, the leader of the Shimrinsaran government, the title is Emprix. And you are also able to find, as far as the Pact Worlds is publicly aware, that the current Emprix is a Shimrian named Demeter. Uh, I don't suppose you are the sovereign ruler of a world. Um, not unless there's been some really big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I can barely run three goblins. <laughs> well, if that's the case, I think you're. I think that that per, that shimmery might have just got you confused with someone else. Because according to this, you're this this that's somebody who uh, is basically the ruler of like all of the shimmering world. Uh, huh. Well, you would also want a twenty-one under like that. The title is just Emprix. Oh, unless your name's Desit. Then, then I think you're. I think you're in the clear. I think they might have just confused you with someone else. I mean, I, I guess. I, 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 I don't know. I have no frame of reference. Persephone never really told me about Shimransara. Uh, I mean, it always felt like Z was running away from something. Friday's eyebrow kind of raises up a little bit with that. Well, they have. If they, if you if you are somehow connected to this, you know you've been around for a while, and this is the first time you're hearing about it. I have a feeling that, uh, yeah, this might just be a weird coincidence. Yeah, probably. Th- thank thank you for looking that up, Captain. Um, I mean, if you ever want to go and like say hi to your your people, I'm sure we can make a, a flyby at some point. Uh, 
No, I'm I, I, looking them up and going to a shim, shimmering restaurant is enough uh, enough for me for one lifetime, I think. <laughs> baby steps. Yeah, yeah, baby steps. Okay, well, well, Imprix. <laughs> Friday says chokingly. No, please. Please call me Chief Engineer. <laughs> well, Chief Engineer, why don't you make sure that they did a, as good a job as I think they did? And he says it really loud. And then we'll uh, we'll get ready to go. All right. Uh, I'll get to, to check in and make sure everything's in the clear. Uh, and Saren? Yes, Friday? Thanks for uh, trusting me enough to talk to me about this. I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, thanks for... Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, thanks for just, you know, being such a good friend. He he tips his hat and walks to the cockpit. You crazy kids! Well, get along <laughs> with your found family energy. What do you What do you want to do, gang? Do you uh, Is there anything else you have left to do on Absalom Station, or do we want to fast forward a couple days and head out? Yeah, Rilora has got a couple of items on the station that are probably like one of the days. Like if there's like you know two days of of time before takeoff that it's it probably takes place during one of them but as a uh, one of those flashback things once they're in space but there's definitely if like we're going to do a fast forward there'll be a day where you know uh Relora's all recovered you know grabs a couple of bags like we've got some errands to run i shall return shortly and basically disappears for the day and comes back and like goes straight to the room and uh, fanny yes captain if you're filling up for it, you might want to try out that. I, I don't know. I just get some squiggly feelings around that that guy. Uh, you might want to try out your new thing before we're not like, you know, in the middle of battle and it goes haywire, you know, and then we're going to, you know, you understand what I'm saying, right? Oh, take the body part for a test drive. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember what it does, but uh, we can set up the entertainment lounge maybe to do like a mock battle or something like that just to make sure everything goes well with it. I can, I can. Uh, kick the nacelles if uh, if you find that wise. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do that. We got a couple days anyway. Might as well just do that at some point. Well, Captain, this thing is. Uh, I just shifted it over to where my other adrenal glands are, but it looks like it can uh, flood flood my body with necrotic energy. Um, I'll I'll give it a shot. Suppose um, who better to know what's going on with her body? One second. You're concentrating and. Their hair, I'm picturing their hair goes white, like all white. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their eyes kind of do that milky, look, you know, kind of the milky undead uh, sort of thing. She has her hands out like, oh, that's a nice pick me up. Okay, this is what I'm getting so far. Uh, I'll do, they they get out there to chemalize or two. It's like, what I'm getting so far. There are certain types of energies in the universe, positive, negative, this seems to give me a resistance to drain that comes from these uh, void forces. So, I uh, eat in game energy drain. Oh, that's a lot more. Woo! That's more adrenaline that my system usually produces. I think you'd. Woo! That's a, woo I could actually use that uh, while cleaning the kitchen. Um, <laughs> hmm. I, I feel like I could go for hours. So, basically, in game, I'm immune to exhaustion, fatigue paralysis sleep and stunning it's pretty sweet so uh for for about like a minute for the purposes of like you're you're checking it to make sure that there's there's nothing kind of wonky going on with the implant right Mm -hmm. make me a medicine check okay Uh, okay come on first roll of the day (gasps) oh 
Natural 20. Uh, 27. Nice. Yay! <laughs> wow. Wow, 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 wow. Okay. Well, Angel, this was a very good suggestion of Dustin's that you should do a little check on yourself. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It does something else too? Uh-oh. Uh, before actually trying to use this implant. In the way only an Astrozoan can, you you really understand how different body parts are supposed to work together and and the different function that each part has because you have to completely remake every part every time you change forms. So you understand that this uh, this has been very expertly grafted onto you. Um, it's it's it, extremely well done. Rigan Bull, uh, for whatever his other faults may be, is an excellent doctor. Nice. Um, especially being able to do this on Astrozoan physiology. But you also, you understand why this was an experimental Uh-oh. adrenal gland. Because it does do all of those things you say, but also you get the sense that if you had tried to use it in a combat situation, it would have pumped you so full of hormones and adrenaline that you would have actually been confused. Oh, holy crap. (laughs) Um, You would not have really retained full control of your mental abilities. (gasps) I'd go full zombie? Um, uh, yeah, you would have gone, You mechanically speaking, you would have been confused for 1d4 rounds. Um, every, every combat. <laughs> so is it only during combat then? So is it just like a, a feature of the, the gland? Yeah. Okay. Um, but because you rolled so well, you get an additional piece of information, which is that it is possible to remove, repair, and reinstall since you understand what the problem is. Ooh. Okay. So probably after the after it starts um, fully flooding their system, then there, maybe they're reducing the size of their other adrenal gland to compensate quickly. Ooh. And kind of similar to what they do when they swip to, switch to reptilian, which they recently did. And... Captain, that was a very good call. There's something wrong with this. It's uh, the uh, the adrenaline it's it's pouring in does not work well. Um, this thing would have really interfered with uh, how my synapses fire, and really in any shape. I, I think if I was in the heat of battle, I would have subject to be lo- lose my senses. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I had you check because uh, the reason I checked is when I got my uh, dragon gland put in, I was doing a lot of research and I was reading how how there's a lot of disreputable people and that really can, if you go to the wrong people, it can really mess things up. So I'm glad, I'm glad we were able to catch this before it went bad. Oh, well, good call. Oh, I forgot about your, your gland install. I'll, I'll be sure to include additional silicates into your diet. You'll find that they're going to help. Oh. With this, uh, you'll have like a side pocket, like a, a small gullet, and the silicates will really help. I'm sure Sarah won't mind sharing some of the supply I keep on store to, you know, settle the minerals when I marinate. <laughs> I appreciate it. Angel, what do you want to do about the gland? Would there be yeah. enough time since, um, from our departure time, kind of like checking our departure schedule, would there be enough time to head back to, yeah. uh, to go, hey, hi, we took this out for a test drive. You may want to modify it because it's doing this. Yeah, you go back to Rigandvul, who was very excited that you were able to take it for a test drive so soon. <laughs> He's making furious notes. He's very enthusiastic, and he happily uh, removes the gland for you, repairs it, and reinstalls. Okay. 
I'll let them keep whatever blood work that they want to keep for, you know, future future reference. <laughs> he was well, he didn't offer to not let to, to give it back to you. So that that worked out great. <laughs> so that's really generous. Um I will let you have a medicine or a mysticism check to determine if the gland is will function as it should. Yeah, that's not too too bad. So that's a sixteen medicine. Ooh, meets it beats. Uh, nice. Yeah. It's it's working as far as you can tell. It's working fine. Okay. Uh, it is doing what it's supposed to. I also forgot to mention this last episode um, when I, I told I told you that it functions as a Mark One undead adrenal gland, but it also uh, grants you immunity to cold damage and poison damage as well. Oh, Ooh. Neat. Okay. Wow. Shit. Maybe I should have got one of those installed. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty dope and especially since you were able to figure out what the drawback was before actually using it now you can just use I'm, it apparently i'm two for two for calling those out like the spaceship it. yeah good call dustin <laughs> your suspicious nature so over the next couple of days you know you take care of pressing medical concerns you wallow in your various thoughts and feelings about lies your mother may or may not have told you about your origins you uh bum around the ship and make yourselves familiar with everything that you have available to you and then within a couple of days you know, the signal booster is installed. Raganvul delivers your necrografts as promised in exchange for very important data that Rolora gave him about his experimental implants. And you're uh, good to go. You power up the Void Jammer and uh, head out into space. Tarika has given you the coordinates for your buyer who lives on Vesk 2 on the island of Kilty, deep within the Ghost Mire, which are ruins that are plagued by a mist that transforms people into specters whoa or so so you are told as far as the hazards of the location that you are going to so you have that to contemplate and prepare for hey boy did you say that was the ghost mire is that it's called the ghost mire (laughs) sounds like a very pleasant place yeah, the library card that angel got for you has a lot of really nice nice things to say about it Oh, yeah, I will do I will probably be doing research on on it. Okay, so here's the benefit of the signal booster. Drift travel from the packed worlds to near space, which is where the Viscarium is, usually takes 3d6 days, but you get to divide that time in half with the signal booster. Nice. So, what would have taken you 9 days is actually only going to take you 4. Holy crap. Hell yeah. Wow. I wonder what the other crew rolled. <laughs> They'll be there next week. (laughs) (laughs) Worst case scenario, it only took them three. But uh, you won't know uh, until you head out. So it takes you three days to head towards the Viscarium, during which I'm sure you do a little research about the planet where you're Mm -hmm. heading, which is Vesk 2, and also just on the Viscarium in general. Who wants to make me a culture check? I do. I do. Not I. I am uncultured as always. I'll do an aid. Next level, Friday's putting a point into culture. <laughs> All right. There's a plus two for you, Saren. If this has any underground criminal underworld. Nope. This is just a straight up. This is just a straight up. I know what's going on generally about how the the universe is arranged. Gotcha. I shan't be involved then. 
<laughs> so I rolled a six uh, for a 12 with my modifier and then the plus two for a 14 and then the plus four for an 18. 18 nice. total. Okay. <laughs> Man, what a journey it took to get to that 18. <laughs> <laughs> Every little book counts. So, yeah, and this information wouldn't have been hard to find. It's it's pretty widely available, but the... You, you just kind of do your reading on the Vescarium. It's, it's naturally, it's the home system of the Vesk species, which Angel uh, has a Vesk form that he was playing, I think, last episode, mm-hmm. playing Vix. Just a tall dinosaur-looking people uh, <laughs> that they come from an eight-planet system uh, that they rule with a very militant iron fist they evolved on the planet closest to the sun, easily took it over and became the dominant species on their planet, and then from there spread out to every single planet in their system, creating an empire of eight worlds around their sun. And you are heading to Vesk 2, but you do know that Vesk outposts are dotted on pretty much every planet and on various stations throughout the system. So it's a very heavy military presence. Right. Saren will pass that information along. All right, let's mosey on in. Dana, take us in. Aye, aye, Captain. So you emerge from the drift fairly close to Vesk 2 amid a dense swarm of hundreds of immense creatures that are actually floating through space. They have massive tentacles that radiate bright bioluminescent colors, translucent gelatinous bodies that flash with inner fire and electricity. And it's a, just in general a very beautiful like space squid sight to see. And if anyone wants to make me a mysticism check. Heck yeah. Oh, that's gorgeous. Okay, not the greatest roll. 14? I think I actually have mysticism. Okay. I rolled a 16 for a 21. Oh, nice. Okay. Both of you would know on those rolls, you would be able to recognize these creatures as pyrozoa, which are these magical beasts whose bodies produce and vent superheated plasma through their pores. That's awesome. Yes. It is super cool. I love this particular feature that they added. Awesome. Yeah. So just enjoy the beautiful space squid floating by. Behind them, you can see an ocean planet, which you know is Vesk 2. It is your destination. And you can see from space that it's just dotted with sprawling islands all over it. The other thing you see is the winter morn. Oh, dang it. And the comm station on the bridge gets a buzz. Don't answer. We don't need to talk to them. A hail coming in, Captain. Uh, I'm feeling saucy. Let's, uh, let's, let's try, let's, let's accept that hail. Oh, fuck them. Maybe it's dizzy. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Fanny would have shifted to Shinri, uh, Shirin, Shirin form before putting them on screen. Okay. Because that was the last form they were in when they met. Yeah, you flick on the comms and you see uh, what appears to be the entire crew. You see Neva, the Isoki, Dizzy, who you, the dragonkin that you met at the bar, Nemolith with her fiery hair, and uh, you also see a, a, another individual, a Verthani, uh, who sort of waves at you from his station at the pilot's chair. You can assume that he was the one who was stealing the necrographs while everyone else was hanging out at the bar. And Neva glares directly into the camera and says, Oh, can't say I'm surprised to see y'all again. Had a feeling you were on the same job we are. I'm impressed you managed to beat us here, though. Very impressed. How did you manage it? 
You stay impressed, I say skill. Her mouth quirks up at the corners. That remains to be seen. If you're so skilled, though, how about uh, we settle it with a little race? Oh, no. First one through this cluster of fire jellies and on planet is first in line to talk to the buyer. What do you say? I don't want to race. I say you're on. <laughs> I like I like sure. <laughs> I got one taker. You know, I'm, I'm up for a little race, but here's the thing. If I, if I win, Nemoleth has to go on a date with me. She laughs. <laughs> She's like, oh, sugar, you couldn't handle me. But bet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and he's already doing the clearance. Whatever whatever needs to be done for like clearance, like docking things, is already like starting that while they're talking and being distracted. Just like beep, 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 and ready to freaking hit the pedal to the middle. Any, any, any rules? <sighs> nope. Just beat us there. She closes the comm and the winter morn ignites <clears throat> his thrusters and surges toward Vesk too. Saren, why don't you uh make sure Goog and them are ready to give us everything they got? Yeah. Um why are we still talking? <laughs> this is so while the, we are about to do our very first starship combat. <gasps> oh my yes! goodness. I was about to say, Ballad is like, when do I get to kill them? <laughs> uh, I don't want to race. I just want to murder. <laughs> um, so this is going to be the part where we actually officially have to make sure that everybody has been assigned their roles for Starship Combat. Uh, uh, Friday, obviously, will be the captain. Um, Saren, I'm assuming you're going to be the engineer. Uh, and we'll switch off if I need to for a science officer. Relora will be the pilot. Ballad, get on those turrets. Got my aviators and my straw and a piece of hay that I have sticking out of my mouth. <laughs> well, this is not going to be a traditional starship combat. If you want to be the, you could be the chief mate, um, or the gunner. Ooh, ooh. I think, yeah, I would probably do best in chief mate since we're not shooting, unfortunately. Valid, I think you'd do great on Gunner. You don't have to kill them, but you can disable them. Uh, you said I don't have to, but I can though, right? Uh, I think that I think that kind of defeats the rules, but you can injure the hell out of their ship. Who said there were rules? Nobody said there were rules. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imposing that one rule. I know you're murder horny, but they aren't. They didn't do anything to wrong us. They just outsmarted us and got the, the goods first. So we're going to beat them here. I can't promise anything. <laughs> if my sister would was here, she'd recommend having them lose their inventory. <gasps> and then Miss Fanny covers her mouth after like saying that out loud. Like, oh my God, those sisters <laughs> are still in me. Okay. So everybody's figured out what their position is going to be. And uh, Friday, do you want to call battle stations? Yes, battle stations. Aye, aye. Uh, we're going to go ahead and start with engineering phase. I'm going to go ahead and make an engineering check to divert power to the engines of our ship so that our speed will increase by two if I'm successful. Okay. I rolled a 14. I think that beats it. Yes, I believe so. Relora, I'm giving her all she's got. Go ahead and open her up. Absolutely. So the next phase is... This is a helm phase. So the captain and the pilot decide who goes first. Uh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna actually jump in here and I'm gonna do a taunt. Okay. <laughs> so first, let's see if I actually am able to get up them on the communicate comms, and that is a 17 
one and one half the enemy starships tier is to what I need to beat. So I'm guessing that. I mean, I don't think they have higher than a tier three. No, they 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 sure don't. It's it's the win- the winter more the winter more and the void jammer are, are of the same tier. Okay, so then I I succeed. So then I'm gonna roll my bluff check. Okay. That is a 28 bluff. Okay. Neva, I, I just want to thank you kindly for uh, Dizzy giving me some information about your ship and giving me the lowdown so we can get what we need to get ahead. I just really want to say I appreciate it while we're doing this little race. Oh boy. Um. Yeah, I mean you. I mean you beat it with flying colors. Let's see how many rounds the uh, their ship is going to Dealing be. With this their pilot is going to take that negative. Two rounds, they are taking a negative. Okay, the pilot takes a negative two penalty. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, you see, you see the pilot, his hands are on the controls, and, uh, he kind of quickly looks back at, uh, quickly looks back at the comm and looks visibly a little rattled. Sewing doubt. (laughs) Sewing doubt. Cool, great, and good. Uh, (laughs) Angel, make your piloting check. That is a 16 plus 12, 28. And what's what action are you taking with that twenty-eight? I kind of like the flyby, yeah. <laughs> Since it'll <laughs> it'll make the range close, um, and then lets us target any against any quadrant of the enemy starship, so that way it helps with the uh, the facing. So I think that's a nice opening, you know. Synergize with Saren, giving it all they've got. And then Miss Fanny basically paint it forward to open it up for the gunnery. Um, kind of like that smooth transition to each, you know, to each uh, each team's role. Let's see, with that role, I made that, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing a flyby. Okay. How many hexes does that move you up? Um, okay, so that's our... It's like 12, Angel. Is that is that our movement for the ship? Yeah, speed 12. I believe oh. that's our movement. Then I have full full 12 forward. Okay. Um... And I need a different map. <laughs> you moved. That's 12. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> we won. You won. Yay! Good job. <laughs> no, it's actually based on a series of obstacles that I will be throwing at you as Ooh. we as we go. So this is this is just to get a sense of where you are in relation to the Wintermorn. Okay, so you put on a burst of speed. Zoom, zoom, zoom. All right, Ballad, you've got a opening shot coming up in three, two... Well, they're doing the countdown, but basically, so uh, ballad, like the weapons, everything's counted as uh, range one hex, and you can um, target any quadrant of the enemy starship as part of that maneuver. Awesome. Okay, well, I will go ahead and make my... Hang on, I'm still making my piloting check. Oh, right. (laughs) Hold, Hold, please. I am slow. <laughs> I was I was a little uh, I jumped the gun there. Ooh, oh, yeah. we have a high explosive missile launcher as well. Yeah, yeah I you saw sure that. do. The only thing about that is I have to we have to be facing a certain direction and uh, be in a certain um, position relative to another ship. So I chose the turret. Okay, gunnery phase. Ballad, what you gonna do? Pins and needles. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and, and uh, pop off for real. For real, I'm gonna. I'm aiming for their thrusters in particular, but I'm not too mad if it hits elsewhere. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 
<laughs> cargo hold. Cargo hold. <laughs> oh my god, that would be kind of messed up. I mean, if it's in the area, it hits five squares, basically, it said. Mm hmm. What I saw. So I, I got an 18 to hit. Uh, yeah, that'll do it. Awesome. Bang, bang, bang. Right into their turret. Or not turrets. Um, oh my god. I already forgot the word. Thrusters. Right in them thrusters. Right in them thrusters. Okay. How much? What's the damage? I completely forgot about damage. I was like, yeah, I hit him. Whatever. <laughs> okay. um, I was just looking at those specs. How did I forget so quickly? 64. Give me that roll. Jesus. Oh, 13. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, things get uh, things get a little smoky. A little smoky back there. <laughs> <laughs> get smoked. Let's see. What do, what do they want to do for their gunnery phase? So... As they are, because so Starship combat kind of in Starfinder takes place in sort of a, a nebulous, a nebulous space between initiative and the GM just kind of telling you what happens. <laughs> so <laughs> the Wintermorn leapt out ahead of you. Saren gave everything the Void Jammer has to the engines, and Rolora was able to use that to speed your ship up so that you shot past the Wintermorn. And after a brief hesitation, the Wintermorn not only keeps pace with you, but overshoots you as well. The pilot having obviously been shaken, but ultimately recovering when it came time to actually do his job. Boo. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> bud. <laughs> He's got a great piloting check. <laughs> and as they go by, Ballad is able to land a pretty good hit on their thrusters. Things look smoky if it was possible for things to smoke in space. And as it passes you, a thing happens that I need to roll for. Oh no, a thing happens that Angel needs to roll for. This, you can't really see it. But so the, the Wintermorn is a ship that has a prong-like shape on its back and a prong-like shape on its front as a, an old mining ship. You begin to feel the ship shake beneath you as the Wintermorn appears to get suddenly much farther away, almost as if the Void Jammer is being magnetically pushed away from it. Bunch of butts. And I'm going to need you to make me a piloting check, Angel, to avoid the polarizing magnetic energy. Okay. Come on. That is a 17 plus 12, 29. Woo! A 29! A 29 will certainly do it. So you the you were about to sort of slide backwards and indeed right into one of the pyrozoa that you are currently dipping, oh, no. diving, and dodging your way through and surely would have taken quite a hit from that. But you are able to maneuver the void jammer slightly down so that you are out of that magnetic push-pull. I, I, Laura grows out four more arms to do a series of maneuvers <laughs> that the normal two-armed uh, species just can't do. All hands on deck. All hands on deck. <laughs> we are moving on to the next to the next round. Uh, back to the engineering phase. Uh, Saren, are you acting as the engineer in this phase again? You know what. <sighs> I feel like our starship speed 
was such an important thing. You know, I know we're behind. Now we really need to get ahead. So Saren will go ahead and once more just work. Goog, Rattlesnarp, pull those pull those levers and get the <laughs> get the accelerometer cranked. <laughs> okay. Um make me make me your engineering check. This is also one of the first obstacles that you will be encountering uh, during this little race because the ship is currently going through this massive swarm of plasma spewing space squids. Yeah. And there is a field of electromagnetic energy that is interfering with your power core. So the systems are sputtering all around you. So you're going to take a negative two. Okay. So I did roll before you said all of that. Uh-huh. And I rolled a 16, so the negative two drops me down to 14. And you still pass. <laughs> you are able to just barely navigate everything that you need to, to be able to get the system to do what you want and add on that extra burst of speed. Well, that was a, t- that was a close one. Uh, we move on to the helm phase, and uh, this time the winter morn hails your comms. Howdy, fellas. Having fun? Always. You'll be having a lot less fun in a moment. You managed to rattle Jinx just a smidge there earlier, but he's the best pilot in the packed world, and he successfully navigated the blockade. What has your pilot done? (laughs) (laughs) Other impressive things, I'm sure. Uh, Hang on, what's her bonus? I use uh, Before I find out the result, I use a hero point to give them disadvantage. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I forgot that I had two. I have two hero points. I need to zero them out before the episode's over. Uh, she got a 26 on her intimidate check. Oh, damn. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, that is high. Yep. It's still going to be that 26 because I rolled higher on my second ah. roll. What are you doing rolling high? I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not a thing you're supposed to be able to do. <laughs> Ballad sees this and is going to switch uh, off of guns to chief mate phase or this time. I'm, I'm hopping off guns and I'm getting ready to help Fanny in any case. <laughs> and I'm actually, while the comms are still up, I go, well, that's great. But this is our pilot. And I drop the vi- I drop a video uh, from from the story, uh, you know, that Friday, Friday hired because she was an ace pilot. And uh, just basically kicking ass in this know-nothing ship. Uh, that's our pilot. And uh, I rolled a, uh, I rolled a twenty-nine on my bluff. Damn! All right, so we're each taking negative two in our next action. No, because mine it, it stacks. So you are taking an additional negative two for one round. So they are negative four this round. Really, it stacks. Yep. Mm. Like, mm. Oh, so it does. Okay. So, uh, mutual taunting happened, uh, and now pilots uh, choose their actions and make their checks. Angel, what do you want to do? Remember, uh, you're making this check at a negative two. Oh, okay. And I am making this check at a negative four. Okay, let me see. I'm, let's see, hearing that Ballad is moving from the gunnery position to another station, instead of maneuvering the ship to give them maximum coverage for fire... They're going to go forward, um, you know, and they're like, grow out an extra arm to do a series of going to do the evade maneuver. So I still get to move up the ship's speed. So 
is that 12 again or no 12 or is it 14 now with the so um since you're doing a check that i can help you with um i'm gonna go ahead and hard turn so i'm gonna um, you manually adjust additional thrusters and bypass safety systems i'm doing this with athletics and i'm just like sheer brute force like shoving my hands into places they shouldn't be on the ship and like jamming things together that i know will make the thrusters more uh powerful stuff like that which is probably making Saren so stressed out and i bet the gobos are loving it um (laughs) they're like we <laughs> I'm like over tra- I'm just pow- putting power couplings together and shit. Um I got a 24 on my check. So you now uh the pilot can make one turn during the round as though the maneuverability of the starship were improved by one step. Ooh, that moves from good to perfect, so we get an extra plus 2 piloting check modifier. <laughs> So let's see. So then that's, um, okay, using evade. So that's a 15, 12, 27. So with a bonus, that's a 29. So I'm going to do move up to our speed. And we get a plus two bonus to our AC. And also at the start of the next turn, uh, our turn maneuverability as well. So we can turn on a dime. So evade action, moving forward, full, full, full speed. Full speed. Okay, so you have your full speed of 12 plus the two additional. So I'm just going to move you down to the very end of the map. And their pilot didn't do quite as well on this because he took a negative four and Abby rolled badly. Oh, ha. <laughs> Yeah, now who's the better pilot now? They're too busy watching the footage. <laughs> He's too busy, too busy watching that sick footage. And honestly, and honestly, like, respect. Respect. That is dope okay so they were it, they weren't really doing anything fancy they were just also trying a flyby but since they failed the flyby they don't get to use their weapon as they're flying by um so they just they just move but they still get their full speed which considering they were a little ahead of you puts them about two hexes behind you at this point we now move on to the gunnery phase great call on that uh Whatever you did, Saren, get us ahead. Thank you, Captain. Yeah, we're kicking ass. I'm taking names. Let's go, team. I bet they don't have a chief engineer. But I want to just take like a minute to recognize how freaking wild this is. <laughs> you, These two ships come out of the drift at nearly the same time and are now in a all-out, no-holds-barred race through these flying, plasma-ejecting space squid. So not only are they messing with each other, like pulling <laughs> each other into, into things, pushing each other away, shooting at each other, they're also attempting to navigate around these squid that will blow them up if they touch them. It's crazy. So you have managed to get out ahead of the Winter Morn. Uh, Rolora is the galaxy's best pilot. Yes. Even better than this uh, than Jinx, who seems to be, you know, just fine. An admirable pilot. He acquits himself well. But Rolora is the goat and is just ducking and weaving all around these creatures, preventing you from falling into one even as you're pushed and you eke out a small lead on the Wintermorn. 
But you have another problem. <gasps> oh, no. Several pyrozoa are now coming directly for the void jammer, tentacles extended, prepared to wrap around the ship. Far Beyond the Stars is a Fantastic Worlds production. Thank you so much for listening to the show. In the meantime, if you can't get enough of us, we also produce a second show, the Fantastic Worlds podcast, based on the Reign of Winter adventure path through Pathfinder 1E. We also recommend connecting with our community on Discord and Reddit or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We get real fun on our Discord. Definitely sign up there. You can find links to access any of those things on our website, fantasticworldspod.com. If you'd like to support the pod, please consider joining our Patreon. You can go to fantasticworlds.cash and get access to behind-the-scenes content for all of our shows, including a whole extra podcast where we play a Pathfinder 2E uh, circus mess game run by (laughs) Jess, and uh, that's exclusive for our Patreon subscribers. I'm Abby, your galactic mistress, and you can find me at Bonanza Famine on Instagram or Twitter. I'm Heidi, your chief engineer, Empress Desit's Saren Caceres. You can find me on Twitter at Vamahillion or on Discord at Heidelon hashtag 5836. I'm not making new business cards for you. <laughs> uh, this is Angel Espinoza, who needs to get business cards that say Ace Pilot. I can be reached at Espinoza916. This is Dustin Alexander, who plays Friday Francisco, your shady bitch. Uh, you can reach me at Dustin Alexander. This is Jess shooting the heck out of other ships, trying to kill people, <laughs> uh, ripping our ship apart, you know, just destruction in general. Oh my God, giving Saren all the anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> jam bottle fix it he, he has welding capabilities <laughs> Anyways, you can find me at hank the clink <laughs> make it a bad impression for the goblins they love it <laughs> they love it they love it <laughs> Woo! uh if you enjoy our show do us a favor help spread the words to friends and family you think may enjoy the show as well and we'll see you next time continuing slash concluding this race will our heroes survive the space squid tentacles you'll find out next time far beyond the stars deja vu i've just been in this place before higher on the street and (laughs) okay i'm done now pew pew far beyond the stars is a fantastic world's production and an officially licensed partner of paizo incorporated The Starfinder Adventure Path Fly Free or Die is a trademark of Paizo, copyright 2020. All Paizo content is used with permission. To be fair, I haven't decided how I'm I'm reading my my lines for the most part, but you know, we'll uh, we'll we'll have a we'll have a great time. We'll figure it out. Uh, every time I read it, it sounds like the dramatic singing from that Futurama episode with the devil. <laughs> oh, the telephone <laughs> opera! I want my hands back. <laughs> <laughs> A deal's a deal, even with a dirty dealer. dealer. (laughs) I can't believe that everyone's at (laughs) Libby. Now this is 
Irony. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I fucking love that episode. Uh, it's it is my favorite episode of Futurama, like by far. It's, it's the best. Like I think that's such a solid choice for best episode of Futurama. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree. It's the one I remember easiest. In, yeah. Like, well, go yep. back to the most. Hands down. <laughs> Hands down. Oh, wink, wink. It's also, it's also one of the sweetest episodes, too. Well, I can't say I'm surprised. <clears throat> no, that's my Tarika voice. What was yeah, that's voice? It. Tarika? <laughs> She's changed sides. No! Now no! that would be a twist. <laughs> twist! <laughs> that's a little mom I'd show. L- I'd like to use a hero point for a rule of fun if I could possibly use it. Oh, absolutely. I. Uh, if possible, I ask it, Saren, can we reverse our polarity to use that magnetic <laughs> energy to slingshot past them? I, I, so before I respond, I'm going to ask Abby, is that a thing that, I, that we can do? No. And the, the reason I'm saying this, Dustin, because I do think that's a fun idea, but you don't have a magnet on your ship. They have a magnet on theirs. Captain, no, you're crazy. We don't even have a friggin' magnet. <laughs> what? <laughs> we don't have a magnet. 